0: Guys, you ready? Yeah. Let's do this. Uh, this is Silicon Real, the video podcast dedicated to the people of the London technology startup scene. I am Brian Rose. I also host London Reel, which is a, a similar format, same studio, but we have uh, crazy people on like uh, Max Kaiser and George Galloway, Tim Ferriss, um, and drug dealers like Howard Marks. So uh, check that out if, uh, if you're wanting a little switch up from the tech. But this is Silicon Real. My co-host today is entrepreneur Colin Pyle, who uh, runs language schools, gourmet coffee startups, and he's celebrating in the month of November. Yeah. You can't tell yet. (laughs) No,
1: no, I can't tell. I'm going to shave this Friday. So I figure I'll shave like once a week. Okay. And so it'll, I'll look, I'll look uh, uh, like I shouldn't be around children on Friday, I think. Oh, because of the, Hmm. because it'll be a pretty, pretty bad one.
0: Isn't, are you saying something about guys with mustaches? Um,
1: I'd well, i not growing in mustaches, maybe.
0: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so you're going to do like these digital effects every week, like a boom, yeah, boom, boom, like a step function. And okay. I'll,
1: I'll, I'll put it on higher life, yeah, because we talked about that. Right. Yeah. He, want, he
0: wants your Movember story yeah. on High Life. That's, a, that's so, a sign of a good businessman. There we go. He's pitching you pitching. during the show. Um, thanks for being here. Thank you. Um, our guest today is Mr. Federico Peterzio Beroli.
2: <laughs> no, not bad. Pretty you like good. that? Yeah. Okay. Impressive. I was going <laughs> to kind of jazz it
0: up, but I'll, yeah. I'll leave it at that. You are the founder and director of Playfair Capital. Yes. Uh, which is an early stage investment fund founded in 2011, mm-hmm. uh, specializing in web-based technology mm-hmm. and digital media startups uh, that are capable of disrupting a market and scaling globally. Exactly. Say Very that ten good. times. Yeah, say that. <laughs> <laughs> you like that, right? That was good. Yeah. Um, before you started this venture, you uh, spent some years in Africa, right? W- Working For uh, the yeah. UN, Oxfam, yeah. Pharmasecure. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah, uh, absolutely. That's a pretty unique background, I must say. Well, first of all, welcome to Silicon Real. Thank you. Thanks for being yeah, here. Thanks for having me. You know, uh, Colin, like, mentioned this about you. Like, did you see this guy's background? And we have, I mean, we just had someone here this week who came from the city, yeah. another exotic environment. But we don't get a lot of people that were kind of in philanthropy or activism first.
2: Yeah, so it, it doesn't really have much of a connection, you know, on or, the surface anyway does with what I'm doing it? now. <laughs> or does, so, so you know, I did things like refugee repatriation and communications kind of with with UNHCR, Oxfam, MSF, And then I tried to... To get a startup off the ground in Sub-Saharan Africa, Pharma Secure, which was a, yeah. which was doing. Um, basically valid, uh, it was uh, drug authentication, right? So, yeah. so with, and now it's been done and it's, and it's worked, but this was before kind of the first companies that started doing this. Do you
0: know, do you know Tommy Davies? I don't know. Okay. He was like our fifth yeah. guest. Okay. It's called startup Nigeria, but he yeah. talked about either your yeah. company or a company yeah. like this.
2: And so it was basically like a scratch off uh, yeah, yeah. single use code on yeah. medicine packaging yeah. that uh, you could text to text to a number, like a national number. And then you, you know, you get a reply with an authentication message for, and also where the drugs need to be. Right, because um, you
0: said most drugs are completely bogus down there. Yeah,
2: right? uh, totally. And, and actually, you know, I mean, I think it's over fifty billion dollars a year industry globally. The fake, the fake pharmaceutical industry, wow. right? Which, which wow. is, is, I think, primary, primarily kind of countries producing these things are, are kind of India, uh, Turkey, uh, Nigeria. And, you know, it, it really is quite criminal because it's, you're putting a, a sugar pill or a placebo or something into into medication, which is literally being consumed by very poor, com- you know, very poor to. communities who are buying one pill at a time. And if it's, if the, if it's an anti-malarial that doesn't have any anti-malarial kind sure. of act- agents in it, then... Then uh, you know it's a kind of indirectly killing people. So, so we tried to do that and get that off the ground. But but you know the corruption and and the kind of well lined pockets of the kind of national medical stores and national drug authorities in these countries was, was, was like beating your head against a brick wall. And it even was, for
0: your young idealism? Even still, for your young uh, idealism. Okay. changing okay. the world. changing the world,
2: absolutely. So you yeah. still
0: find it tough, even, I, yeah. even though you were using like that a really good low-tech solution that used yeah. their, their phone network. It's a very mobile yeah. country. Right? Yeah,
2: absolutely. Uh, you know, the infrastructure is in place already with mobile networks well-developed and everything like that. But, um, but you know, it was really kind of on, on a government kind of political level, that there was always, you know, interests of these, I I suppose, producers of of fake drugs who are making a lot of money out of this, who are trying to stop this from happening, really. Um, But, I mean, you know, uh, the way that, you know, having spent four years in NGOs really kind of woke me up to the fact of that entrepreneurship is really how you create something that's, that is sustainable. Right, that's something where you, you know, doing things for profit is not, it's not a dirty word, right? And and actually, in in a developing world, doing things for profit is the only way to create anything sustainable, where you're growing businesses and creating jobs and paying taxes within a country, and it's not a foreign organization doing it. And that's what really kind of caught me on to, made me start thinking about entrepreneurship. And and then coming back here, I was just fortunate enough to. to have some capital in a family business, and I decided to do something proactive with it and sell some shares and try and I was to help companies grow and, and try to help build companies.
0: That's a really unique perspective because, you know, they say that that's the fault of a lot of, like, aid to Africa is the fact that it's aid. And it just, you know, right. either it goes in the wrong pockets mm. or it develops a mindset of come help me. And, you know. And,
2: and, and also, to me, one of the greatest, you know, one of the things that, was, that I found really tragic, it, the, the, you know, I came back here and I was an aid transparency lobbyist for a year, right, to try and kind of. With with an idealistic perspective, sure. trying to solve this issue, which again was even more frustrating.
1: Transparency yeah. lobbyists.
2: Yeah. So, American. so publish mm. you know lobbying big multilateral, bilateral donors to uh, publish their aid expenditure right. in a format that was digestible by recipient country government so that they could figure out what was coming in, so that they yeah. could spend their own budgets most effectively, right? More effectively. Cool. Um, but the, you know, all that aside, the kind of lack of accountability and transparency. One of the worst aspects I found. Um, of the kind of the NGO industry, really, is is that um, countries which are where it's working, or which are you know enjoying relatively healthy levels of growth, with a rapidly lo- growing local middle class with disposable income and kind of all the attributes that I associate with a company with with a country growing, um, becomes a breeding ground for every NGO and their mother and their brother to, to start a pilot project because it's relatively politically stable, uh, and you know it's it's you know it's a good place. It's a good testing ground for for new for new NGOs and so the the greatest tragedy was that in my mind was that the kind of well-educated youth of these countries are going to school and they're getting a master's degree in in a local university and their goal their their ambition their you know their goal is to go and join an NGO right so that's how you've made it you're you're okay. in the UN or you're in Oxfam, and that's where you have a career path, you know, with promotion potential and increase of salary and whatever. And that's tragic because those young minds should be building companies. They should be hiring people and and developing the economy locally in that way instead of basically working for a foreign organization that inherently is meant to be temporary. It's meant to it's meant it's meant to put itself out of business in a way, right? right. Because you're solving right. an issue and then you leave. And the fact that um, the local population is is really kind of their ambition is to go and work for these organisations. Really, really means that deep down they're perceived as being permanent, right? And that's that's really kind of a tragic situation.
0: And the goal is to work for an NGO, not the government, or is the government? No, kind no, of no, top, an NGO. Really? Uh,
2: yeah, absolutely. I mean, more stable, better. Yeah, yeah I mean, totally. And the government, I mean, you know, I mean, the government is a whole different kettle of fish as well. Okay. Um, but, and, and were you located yeah. down there at the time? Yeah, yeah. I was, where, in, where I, were was, you? I was in Uganda for a couple of years. I okay. was in Kampala mostly, working a lot in Gulu, um, and then I worked a bit in, in Kenya and in Tanzania. Okay, wow. Um, for about a total of you know two and a half, almost three years. Okay.
0: I mean, the name Playfair is yes. an interesting name because I, I, yeah. I all of a sudden I think fair trade, but then again, right. I know his background. Yeah. And you know, we, we've had um, we've had a variety of what what do we call them? we're trying to figure out what we call them today entrepreneurs venture capitalists whether yeah. it's a, a big vc or an accelerator or a, yeah. you know angel that kind of thing but is this kind of, is this fair trade investing in a weird way it, what's going it, on it,
2: here? it's fair trade investing it's <laughs> it, no it's it's more it's more just just a, a certain it's synonymous with a certain kind of attitude i'd like to to invest under right i like of, of transparency and openness and and you know laying our cards cards out on the table and playing fair and not not being a ruthless uh, Cutthroat, uh, <laughs> institutional kind of you know vibe in terms of our investment, really. Okay. Is, is, is there a sense. need for that? Are there are there
0: people doing the, the bad way out there? Oh, I mean, I
2: think you know. I mean, it's uh, I think I, it's it's a bit of an experiment to see if it's possible to create an economically sustainable situation whilst um, whilst being a little bit less driven by kind of. By really telling everything by the book and having an investment strategy that's really that's really specific, right? I don't know. It's 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 an experiment. Long, long, very long story short. I'm just trying to see if if being a nice guy can create an economically sustainable situation as an investor. It's quite simplistic, but in a way, that's it, really. A lot yeah. of people
0: will tell you, good luck with that.
2: Yeah, no, I know, I, I know, know, right? No, no. You know. no, but it's true. Did, you yeah. would say good luck with that, and I'm no. kind of surprised more than anybody else myself that things are going pretty well. So. No,
0: no, actually, I yeah. would have said that many years ago, but now I don't think that's true because ever since we've been doing this show and yeah. I've been doing London Real, I mean, the more uh, good and positive energy you put out, yeah. it, it seems to attract people of the I, same I, ilk. It, you
1: know? well, it seems, to, yeah. When you're investing at such an early stage, I think it's so dependent on the long game. Absolutely. Right? Whereas in banking or all sorts of stuff like this, Maybe, right. yeah, you know, you can make a short, mm-hmm. short win, but Here, if you screw over a few entrepreneurs, you're you're done pretty quick. And and that gets around fast, and
2: it's a small community, and and, you
0: know, yeah, very much so. And this seems like a small community in London. I mean, between you know, Shoreditch and Clerkenwell and a few of the places, you know, it seems like what goes around comes around (laughs) very quickly. Absolutely. You know, one thing we ask everybody that sits in that chair is just you know, basic to lay it down for people that don't know. But you know, we ask um, when it comes to Playfair, like, what have you done? What are your plans for this company, and what makes you different for the rest? And why do you think I guess you'll you'll win in this space, whatever that win means, win for your, your, your companies or win for yourself.
2: Yeah. Okay. So, so basically I think with Playfair, I'm very much in a situation. I kind of have been since the beginning where I'm running to catch up instead of executing a pre, uh, like a a kind of, uh, executing something according to the, the, like a plan that, that was, you know, formulated beforehand. Um, didn't really know what I was doing in the beginning. I was fortunate enough to have some capital available to me, but as as we said, you know, I didn't come from a traditional background of being an investor. I wasn't an ex entrepreneur, and I didn't kind of, you know, I didn't even work in the city. Um, and I just was very lucky in landing on my feet by. Um, Essentially, being taken under the wing of Passion Capital, which uh, is based at uh, White Bear Yard in Clark Clerkenwell. I'm um, v- I mean, VC. VC. Uh, it, it's a VC, but a very early stage, a seed huh. VC. Okay. Right. Okay. Which is which is quite very uniquely positioned as a VC. Um, I can't really think of another VC that does such small investments in London. Anyway, um, so I invested in a company called Judo. Which turned out to be a really good company to invest in. That was my first investment. And and I knew Damien, the founder at university. That's kind of where we originally met. We reconnected when I came back from Africa. And he said, I've got this business I'm starting. He'd done one or two businesses before. Um, At the same time, around the same time, I met Stefan Glenzer and Eileen Burbage and Robert DeGero at Passion Capital. And they said, Look, I mean, so they invested in Doodle as well judo judil judil yeah yeah. Yeah, judil I've heard of this Um, and so they said look you seem like a nice guy Uh, why don't you take a desk as an angel in residence at White Bear Yard and you know I I couldn't have really landed on my feet any better because I had I was basically sitting next to some very credible investors with a lot of Experience um, that I trusted implicitly as well and that I was able to kind of piggyback on shareholder agreements for my first few investments to really learn the ropes right you know because it is being thrown in at the deep end and it's essential to have that mentorship right? I definitely think that it's not tax breaks and things like that that make good professional investors it's it's mentorship from better invest for, from more experienced investors, just as with entrepreneurs. And so, and so I moved, they said, take a, take a desk as an angel in residence and see what happens. I moved in. Um, I said I was going to do maybe seven or eight investments. This is going to be investing in your own capital. Yes. It's all investing in capital, uh, create a pay for capital around the same time. Okay. Um, I said I was going to do maybe seven or eight investments and then, Somehow, two years passed, one thing led to another, and I ended up having, I ended up on, it was I think 21 or 22 investments um, in December, this last December. <laughs> And all of a sudden, I thought, "Whoa, this is becoming a bit of a beast. This is this is you know, uh, way too big to manage." And I need what, to. What's, what's your average
1: investment? Uh, average a...
2: investment size is about one hundred and twenty thousand pounds. Okay. Um, I've gone as little as thirty, as much sure. as three hundred, but increasingly, that's kind of more and more the sweet spot—the one hundred and twenty, one 120000 okay. k range. Cool. Which is which is bigger? than Which the is which yeah, is, is than, relative yeah. to you know, certainly for the UK in in terms of seed capital, which is on the upper end of the scale of angel investment. Yeah. Um, and so, all of a sudden, now that you know I had twenty one twenty two companies um, I thought, "Wait, I, I have to take a break here." Pause and start thinking about developing pay for capital internally because I don't have the capacity or there's not enough hours in the day to yeah. be able to manage all of this. That's a lot of companies. <laughs> a lot of companies. It's a lot yeah. of companies. Right? I mean,
0: ten is a lot of companies. Yeah, co- yeah, I mean, right. You know, we had we had Simon Dixon here from DFJ, yeah. and he said each partner looks at six or yeah, you know, yeah.
1: exactly. Yeah, six, so you yeah. so you yeah. see yeah.
2: my my point okay. in terms of and yeah. so and so I then so then I I hired. Um, I had to really take stock and think what. Are the verticals I'd like to add value with, and that I need most help with, and also that could help the portfolio companies as well. And I chose, and, and basically, I hired um, a financial director who's uh, who was an accountant. He used to work for Ernst Young, and I hired a legal director who used to, who worked at White in Case as a lawyer. And so, those two, I turned play for Capital International LP, so hired them as partners. And they kind of, you know, surround yourself by people who are very good at doing what you're, you you have not. no idea about, right? And legals and accounting, I was outsourcing, and I always found quite an inefficient process, and kind of, you know, because personally, I mean, I always find that kind of accountants and lawyers only work as well as the language that you speak to them in, and if you're not a lawyer or an accountant, like, you can't necessarily get a certain point across in the right language to extract the most value from that relationship, and so, and so um, hiring those two, you know, all the T's were crossed and the I's were dotted in terms of all of our cap tables and systems and everything like that internally. Mm-hmm. Also, they were able to help all the portfolio companies kind of implement zero and do all these things, you know, accounting platforms and things like that, which are very, you know, which are so much more useful to do early on rather than retrospectively, like later on when a round of funding comes along. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so then, so Group Play for Capital, so it became three people. Then thought, okay, um, you know, White Bayard served me very well. But um, it's time to kind of, uh, you know, flee the nest or or whatever the expression is. Spread your wings. Spread your wings, and yeah, exactly. Um, And so started looking at space, the co working space to rent. um, And then out of the blue, this building kind of. Was brought to my attention, which it was sent as a tweet. It was as a tweet to mm. Eileen uh, from Passion. All good tweets come from Twitter. <laughs> yeah, on Twitter, right? Literally, <laughs> the IPO. You know, today and, and, What's that?
1: Today? The IPO today, I think. Is it today? Oh, I thought it was, it was today. today. Yeah, okay. yeah.
2: yeah. Okay. Um, but anyway, so that so this dropped on my lap, and I you know talk about kind of an apple falling far from the tree. I walked all of two hundred yards from White Bay Yard. So it was it couldn't have been much closer. Yeah. Saw this building, um, and it was for sale. But all of a sudden it kind of sh- changed my thinking and the, the area, Clark and Wells, is a really good area. Farringdon Station is developing with Crossrail.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and so I ended up buying the building. Um, and then we spent, in March, we spent about, eight weeks redeveloping it um, and then opened late May with 170 desks it's about 8,000 square feet over four floors we have two floors of incubation space Um, one floor it became the home of Techstars so it's the it's the kind of first foreign outpost for Techstars which was a great anchor to have in the building Mm -hmm. in terms of having a lot of new kind of US investors and mentors coming through and things like that Um, and then actually the top floor so you said Raj was on the show um, on the top floor we've collected together a early stage capital that basically I've been syndicating with for the last few years anyway. So we have you know five or six angels and about four or five VCs. Um, and it's all very kind of, it's an open plan environment. It's all very transparent. Um, we share deal flow. We, we all have different um, skills and we all, you know, it, it, you know one person will know e-commerce, one person will know B2B SaaS one, and, and being able to just tap into all that knowledge kind of informally is really invaluable um the beginning entrepreneurs were kind of shocked because they'd come through the lift to talk to one of us and they go what are you what are you all doing here because i'm talking to you next week and to you and to (laughs) you (laughs) you. like in the next few weeks but you're all here uh i I don't quite know what to do with this um but but actually you know now it's bringing bringing better entrepreneurs because they can talk to five or six sources of capital at once Then we, as the capital, can talk to each other at once. We don't have to have five conversations with each of you, you know traveling to each. Before I was always going to kind of a respective angel's members club. To sit down and have a conversation, and right. then have the same conversation with another angel, and then the same conversation with another angel, and now we're all sitting together.
0: And that and floor is—is is, are you the landlord of the building? Or when they walk onto that floor, are they walking onto Playfair, or are they walking um, onto Number One Seed? Uh, and play yeah, fair. no, it's yeah.
2: it's every it's everything. It's not it's not like Playfair is in the background very much, right? Okay. It's it's definitely it's it's everyone's floor. It's number one. It's it's number one seeds. It's ec ones. It's. Hummingbird, ballparks, um, UKTI, uh, has some desks there when every once in a while. And then we have hot desks available for foreign angels and foreign funds when they come through London to have a desk and have a meeting room so they can kind of have a venue to to meet people. Sounds pretty cool. What do you think of this?
1: Yeah, I think it sounds fantastic. Um, yeah, it's cool. I actually haven't been there. I we were talking earlier. I, I spent some time at Innovation Warehouse. Yeah. With, uh, my which is close school, school, so right yeah. corner, yeah. but no, I I love that neighborhood. It's 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 uh, and and I think yeah, good food and like yeah, it's, like, oh, it's, it's so great. much going on. And yeah, the, when the Crossrail finally finishes, yeah, if uh, if Elon Musk hasn't changed yeah, it hasn't hyperlooped, hyper-looped of <laughs> all of life <laughs> yeah, by the time it <laughs> finishes, yeah, it's yeah. irrelevant. Yeah, um, but yeah, it would be would be really cool. Yeah,
0: speaking of Elon Musk, and before I want to get a little bit more into Playfair, but you just came back from um the tech conference yeah. in, in Ireland where Elon closed it. Mm. And I was just wondering what you felt the vibe of what was going on
2: there. It was a pretty big affair. It was and, a huge affair. It, it was like it must have been more than twice the size of last year. It was massive. Is, is there um, a point where it's too big? I mean, yeah, I, th- you know, I think how big was it? If people to give people an idea? Uh over 10,000 people. Um yeah, and point where it becomes too big it, it, it all depends on your level of preparation the more people are at these conferences the more you have to you know have really locked in your meetings and who you're going to see and what you're going to do because if you haven't done that by the time you, when you show up in these places and you know yeah like it's it's like a deer in headlights and you don't know where to start so you know luckily i'd, I'd kind of had a lot of meetings lined up and things so it wasn't too overwhelming but it, it is getting huge um for, for a country like ireland it's it's a massive Deal, sure, it's right? huge for the economy. is this a
0: sign of a bubble or is this a sign of a trend
2: <sighs> that's a very good question um, so the, the bubble question I think doesn't actually relate to this because because with conferences I mean with conferences it all goes in waves I always, I always think conferences kind of have a peak and then Kind of wane a little bit. And specific, then, conferences do.
0: Yeah, okay. specific conferences too. Yeah,
2: specific conferences. And then there's like a flavor of the of the year or whatever, right? And, and there's certain years. If you look back over the last few years, between the web and and you know and kind of the London web summit, different different conferences have kind of peaked and troughed a little bit, right? And right now is definitely the Dublin web summit.
1: Time for okay. sure, for sure. Okay. They were saying on like Bloomberg, you know, it's it's the Davos for geeks, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what they call it. That's, that's what they were saying. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And
0: when you when you went to this conference, it was what Wednesday and Thursday. Like, what's the general feel you get about it? Is there a certain like um, niche of tech that you see uh, developing faster than you thought it would, or do you notice like a certain kind of spirit? Are people getting the seed funding easier? Or is it the series the A or the B that
2: they're struggling with? Are there a lot of Yanks there? So um uh, there's. there's I saw quite a few Americans there Um, In terms of seed funding I mean You know if it's a testament to how that sector, that that sector of the market is healthy, right? I think, and and call it for whatever reason, you well, certainly in the UK, whether it's tax breaks or whatever that's been implemented the last few years, you know, the difference between I haven't been doing it this for a very long time, but the dif- difference between 2010 and now is ten- it's tangibly, it's very noticeable. For the ease of getting for the ease of getting seed funding, because the there's so much more seed funding available, okay. but um, I think there's definitely a, a crunch in the Series A, um, you know. Uh, at the state at that stage. And it's only going to get worse because so many companies are starting up, uh, you know, it's entrepreneurship has become kind of a very trendy thing to do. And so so many people are leaving another hot topic on this show. Yeah. Yeah, But so many, so many people are leaving well-established stable industries to kind of become startup founders. Now, Yes, there's this. You know, investors are complaining and moaning about. You know, there's so much more out there, and it's sort of difficult to find the quality because there's so much more quantity, and and, and right. because everybody is starting is becoming a founder, and I think that that's that's true. But I also think it's quite a pessimistic and B a very short termist point of view, because so we have to weather this this kind of. Influx, this kind of stage of popularity of startups right as investors as investors it's up to us to be more diligent and to have our filters set really high right to, to actually to actually troll through and find the quality but i think that if you look at it over a 10 20 year time frame this is going only fundamentally be a good thing because entrepreneur entrepreneurship is a very particular way of life and you know once you become an entrepreneur i you know, I'd like to see some statistics as to how many failed entrepreneurs go back to the corporate world, right? Because once you're an entrepreneur, it's 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 a bug. It's it's a it's a certain way of life that gets under your skin, and, and you're going to do another company. You're going to do another. Story. Really, I think so. Okay, Definitely. or work right? for one.
1: I'd say right. Or work for yeah, one. Yeah. It's so in, that environment. Right.
2: I would say you know it's difficult to go yeah. back to kind of a bureaucratic, large-scale macro organization. Yeah. Right. Once yeah. you've been in this kind of very reactive way of of professional context, right? Um, And so actually on, you know, these entrepreneurs, every entrepreneur needs to have, well, not every entrepreneur, but a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, you need to have a failure or two, or it's good to have a failure or two to before you really know what you're doing. And I think that's, you know, as it is a massively sweeping generalization, right? But that's, that's kind of what the UK is going through now. And in 10 years time, these guys are going to be on their second or third companies and there'll be a lot more quality here. So I think it's something that you have to go through. Sure. You know, and it's fundamentally healthy. But even though in the short time, in the short term, it's it's a little annoying for us because it's more difficult to find right. those quality companies. But you
0: now you must meet with a lot of people, and I'm 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 going to ask you this question: yeah. When you sit down with a potential entrepreneur that, that wants potentially funding from you, can you tell within the first twenty minutes whether you're going to invest in this company? Absolutely. Yeah, I, f- I thought you did. Absolutely. And without giving away all of your trade secrets, yeah. <laughs> what, what are you looking for? I mean, like, I'll be honest, when I meet someone, I'm looking for some basic
2: things. I'm looking for things like eye contact, you right. know, uh, yeah. little things like that. Yeah, um, sure. what, what are you looking but, for? But, you know, look, I mean, I mean, all these things are massively important to me. Um, there's so little due diligence we can actually do. You have a perspective of how big the market is that they're they're trying to get into and, and, and you know, an educated guess, opinion and guess as to, as to how their technology is going to disrupt that. But fundamentally speaking, more importantly, you know, these, this is someone you're gonna have to be with for seven to 10, 10 years, right? (laughs) Seven to 10 years. And, uh, and you know, I will, I would rather invest in an idea I have doubts about, but with the entrepreneur, I have a really good feeling about, about kind of just on a personal level about about our ability to work together for the next few years, because I, people you know companies pivot and they change ideas right and they have to that 's almost more important that capacity and that that kind of frame of mind of being able to listen and adapt is almost much, is more important than somebody who has a really great idea but is so but is so you know stubbornly kind of so, is just so stubbornly believes in it that it might come at the expense of. Really, missing listening to, to the environment yeah. and to their customer base, and and actually not adapting when they need to. So the idea is, is subject to change, right? The person is is not. And, st-
0: and still, you got to give me a few details.
2: Yeah. What are you looking for in that person? Um, I mean, I'm I'm looking for, I'm looking for very hard to describe. <laughs> um, I mean, is it, is, it, is it a CV? Can you tell from the CV? No. Or do you not look at the CV? I mean, you look at the or CV, s- of course, but it's not... Uh, that's, that's
1: not... It's you just know, a gut feeling. It's just a gut feeling. It really is. And I know it sounds incredibly... But, but how do you un- get to that gut feeling? Because you say that there's so much noise out yeah. there now. So you're getting emails yeah. and pitch decks. Yeah. So there must be a process before you even get to yeah. the person. So, right?
2: so it's partly a good feeling and partly, you know, there is a personal nature to this of, of kind of, you know, of, it's often you know, I'll, some of the founders that I've invested in are people that I didn't even meet to invest in. I was meeting to talk about something else. But then right. all of a sudden it speaks to me in a way of I've had this problem or I see this problem or I, I have this burning desire to disrupt this industry. And and in a, in a way it's a quite a personal... It's quite a personal thing. Of like, I, I, I'm desperate to shake up the big players in this industry, and and I think that you can do it. Okay. Really.
0: And then once you actually get there and sit down with them, yep. do you, I mean, the, the thing is with a lot of entrepreneurs and yep. let's be honest, a lot of tech guys, they're yep. not always the highest developed personalities, you know, no, they're not always no, the slickest No, of guys. course, but that doesn't
2: matter. Like no, it, it, doesn't. It, it doesn't matter. It's, it's almost, it's almost better that way, right? right? Because it, it's like this, it, when, the, it's almost, <laughs> when the CTO wears a tie, you don't trust him, right? Right. So, exactly. I, and also look, I mean, I'm not technical, right? But But there's a natural fit there between me and them in that situation. Like, uh, you know, and again, this is going to be a massively sweeping generalization. But, you know, Israel has a lot of engineers. We have a lot of biz dev guys. Like the uh, Scandinavian countries have a lot of engineers as well, but they need each other, yeah. right? Because the engineers can build amazing products, but if they can't describe them or sell them to anyone, then it's, it's you know, then it'll fall flat on its face before you even get out, getting out of the gates.
0: You said we, you mean the UK has BizDev?
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay. we have a lot of BizDev people. Okay. And basically, it's, you know, it's people who can talk and sell really well. Right, right, and you need those two together. And I'm, you know, I think it's obvious which side of the fence I'm, I'm on. <laughs> right, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Unless uh, you're a chameleon. You know? Unless I'm a chameleon <laughs> <laughs> to be that yeah. so. Okay, no, yeah. fair enough. I just had to hit you
0: with that question, you know, yeah. right away. So, yeah. Yeah. you know what, this is Silicon Real, and so we got to, we like to get real on this yeah. show. And so I wanted to ask you, you yeah. know, if, if I'm one of these young companies and I'm listening to this show, yeah. and I've heard a lot of other people on this show, you know, whether it's the VCs or the, there's so many options now, there's like everyone's got an accelerator. Some accelerators don't yep. want equity like the Microsoft venture. Right. Yep. Some accelerators want equity. Yep. Some have um, huge Spanish telecom companies behind them. <laughs> yep. that I'm not gonna mention who that is, of course. Um, so why come to you? You know, why come to you guys? You know
2: Well, why come to us? Because it, because we have um, we have a network of angel invest or angel invested minded capital. Right. Whether it's actually angels or small micro VCs that still operate as angels um, that in turn have a huge network between them. Right. So so um, on the top floor we and we have you know we have the Techstars network with us um, and we have basically a multifunctional building with investment um, startups, engineers, biz dev, everything in one place. I think it's a very healthy environment to develop a company in uh, and I'd say that's our main kind of differentiating factor okay yeah. are, are you, you
1: noticing your access to angels mm-hmm. by just by nature of mm-hmm. what they're in your office is starting to fill the gap of series A for the fund for the companies that you you invest in um not quite okay so there is still very much a
2: you know a gap right right um I, I'd say together as angels at Warnyard, yard we can probably deploy up to 500,000 pounds, but it right. still doesn't come close enough okay, so to, to Series a. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's, the difference between the States and, and here in that respect is, yeah. Yeah. is huge, for sure.
0: So that is yeah. a big hurdle right now. We well, yeah. said that
2: earlier. So. Uh, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. And what are your thoughts on accelerators, incubators?
2: So I'm, uh, you know, I'm, um, I'm a big fan of, of accelerators, um, although there's a lot of Me Too going on with new accelerators, Opening up shop left, right, and center. Uh, again, flavor of the month is, or flavor of the year. It's, I mean, everybody's, Definitely. as you said, everybody's trying to pursue different verticals to differentiate and mm-hmm. tweaking the model in, in this way or that. You know, no equity or, but, you know, uh, whatever it is sponsorship for this, sponsorship for yeah, that. And a lot or, of big corporates yeah, just want to this space. And a, a, lot, of space. Big, and a yeah. lot of big corporates. And maybe and it's thing, just advertising. And the thing is, I don't, uh, you know, the big corporates, it, on the one hand, it's very good that people with the pipelines that they can open up to startups are interested in doing this I, I spoke at um at a contagious event um, strangely enough kind of maybe six months ago which is you know all the kind of advertising and branding guys and your okay. WPP has their accelerator and all those all these kind of in-house um, and Do I just said guys like for, for the love of God please you know it's great that you have an appetite and a budget to 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 um, to, to allocate to this to, to to accelerators, but please, you know, look to your neighbors in a way. Look to the established players, right? To um, to take their best practice. To take, say, like Techstars has a white label product, right? So Nike Plus and and Microsoft BizPark, they are white label um, Techstars accelerators applied, you know, applied really? to to these big corporates. And at least then it'll save you like. Two or three years of wasting money, going in the wrong direction, yeah. right? And noticing this doesn't work, noticing that doesn't work, and there are examples of corporate accelerators that are doing just that. For the moment, I'm not going to name any of them. But do they leave but, a trail but, of startup but, waste but they, they leave, like, and they're <laughs> trying to find the model and trying to tweak what's right. And and you know, unfortunately, at the expense in some cases of some startups that like, that get you know that get slightly screwed over and their cap tables and whatever it might be. So you know, it's great that these corporates are having an appetite to do this, but they should really just just open up and basically do some consulting from established accelerators, because then at least they can ensure that they're spending. They have more of a chance of spending their money efficiently first time out of the gate, right? And that's, you know, I, I think it would be because it's a shame to have it all closed off and in internal in a black box kind of scenario where they're trying to find their feet. Because it's not easy to do this from scratch at all. Right? Does WPP have an accelerator? They, they have some kind of. They have some. Yeah, I mean, BB. I think BBH has accelerated. I think WPP has accelerated. But it's, this is all kind of, you know, in slightly the, behind closed doors in-house. Okay. You don't really know what's going on. But they do. Okay. And yeah.
0: ultimately, you do compete with a lot of these people,
2: whether you like it or not. Because yeah, they're options I for these other
0: companies, right?
2: Um, I suppose. But, you know, I mean, in the beginning for me, uh, so I, I became an investor in Springboard. Do you remember? I don't know if you guys remember. Was Springboard. Uh, no, no, no. Springboard was was the accelerator that was taken over by TechStars. Okay. Um, and for me, um, for me, joining kind of becoming an investor in Springboard wasn't actually financially motivated. I didn't expect really to make a return out of it. It was more more an investment into a network and kind of you know getting to know getting to know investors, getting to know startups. Um, whether you know whether we're competing with them, I guess. I don't know. I'm a, I'm an LP in the Techstars fund, right? So I guess, unfortunately, I, that it's perceived as being partisan by some, even though in my mind it's not at all. <laughs> um, it's not really picking a side, but it's just it's just they're in the building, and I think they're, they're with us. So in a way, I mean, we have a lot of companies heading into Techstars, for sure.
0: Okay. What um really quick definition of TechStars? They started in the states. Yeah, they have a branch over here. What do they do? That's slightly different.
2: So well, they start. I mean, they were one of the first accelerators around, right? Right. Why come to TechStars? Um, TechStars started in, I believe. I mean, TechStars started in 2008. I think 2007, 2008 in Boulder, Colorado. Oh, Boulder, right Uh Tiny town, university town. Obviously, uh, skiing and university. Um, not much going on. Not much VC capital there. Um, quite a counterculture involved. Quite a counterculture, and then Legalized actually marijuana. <laughs> yeah, and then and then a few years later, you know, it's one of the it's a really hot spot of VC. There's a lot of VC capital there, right? It's a tangible kind of result in, in attracting money, which is which is partly why I think the UK government is is. Quite keen on these big, uh, was quite keen on tech stars coming to the UK, and so they so they opened in Boulder, and then and then they opened in in, uh, in Boston, New York, Seattle. They have one in Austin now. Basically everywhere except for San Francisco, or most big cities apart from San Francisco in the states. And they give cash and take equity. Yep, they give cash, and take equity. And every accelerated what does between kind of six percent, ten percent, probably yeah. they all have a slight tweak on that model.
0: And when those guys come over from the states, whether yeah. it's from Boulder or from the West Coast, mm. and they spend a few days in your office, and they say to you, "Feed, you guys are doing everything good over here, but I think you should concentrate more on X." What would that X
2: be? Um, whether they? they're right or wrong. Yeah. Um, let me think. Actually, so. I was, I mean, I, basically, uh, I think that a lot of them are frustrated with how complicated it is to close rounds here um, in, terms of, in terms of the relatively, certainly relative to the states, like the old methodology of, of documentation signing, you know, electronic signatures, all these kind of things in the states are much more fluid and easy, and you can actually, you know, you can close around remotely, Right, we can have a guy in Singapore who's signing documentation that's legally binding on on online platforms in the States, whereas in Europe we have a legal system that's kind of, you know, much, old, much more old school and harder to, you know, harder to shake up and change, and and, you know, certainly I, I know that a lot of these U.S. guys have, have been quite frustrated with the methodology kind of involved, right? Just the, the red tape of The red tape, around. exactly, yeah. involved with, with actually closing I haven't around. heard that No, I haven't heard that. No, I, haven't yeah. heard that. I, mean, we, I was oh. trying to think of something new. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, a lot of people
0: say that they, yeah. but then when people in the States, you know, when, in Europe, people think X and people in the States think 10X, mm-hmm. and they say it's a whole mentality difference. I mean,
2: we've heard that over and over. Is that yeah. a cliche or is that, is that? No, that's true. It's totally true. is that valid? I think it's valid, certainly. But, I mean, you, you know, it, I think it's, it's, it's obviously reflected in round sizes. And what you call a Series A and what you call a seed, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it is ten times less, right? Is it round size or yeah. is it normal size of the market compared to the US? Um, it the- well, it's also size. No, uh, it's also size of the market in terms of a lack of of you know balance balance on the other end of things on the IPO side and, right. and everything like that, right? So you need to have those wins to to actually finish the whole process off and justify the yeah. beginning as well. And uh, there's definitely you know still relatively quiet on that front
0: and that's something that comes up on the show a lot yeah, is I'm like sure, yeah. do we yeah do we need that big ipo that then has the paypal effect three years later and sure. then has
1: the effect three years after that of but you can totally s- these new companies you can totally see it right like the ecosystem it's small enough in weirdly yeah. like there's so much going on but yet it's still small enough that if if a group of people just wound up with like a billion pounds <laughs> yeah. right like right. like say a couple hundred people even if it was that many people yeah. it would just it and would they would just, stay as entrepreneurs. Yeah, exactly. Said. It's, it's, <laughs> you it's, can't it's, go it's back. It's FEDE. 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 My mistake. No, it's, if they stuck around, it would just yeah, ignite the whole yeah. place, right? Do you agree with that? I mean, do you agree with that? Yeah.
2: But, uh,
1: you, know, the, obviously
2: the, you know, obviously the crucial part of that statement is, is that they stick around and reinvest, sure. right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I guess, so I guess to be clear, so you're, you're a relatively young guy. Yeah. And, and you're doing all this great stuff, investing in stuff, buying properties. So was your first investment that big a win or did you have? No, my
2: first investment okay. wasn't that big a win at all. And I, you know, I, uh, it's doing very well, but I haven't right. exited from it. Okay. I just basically, when I sold shares in this family business, I allocated a part of capital and said, this is what I have available to I see. me. And that's what okay. we're working hard of. Okay, great. Yeah.
0: And if we if we look over the investments to play for for the last like yeah. two years, the twenty one or so companies yeah. you had as of last December, yeah. what 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 are the trends we would see?
2: Well, so this is you know what, it's quite funny. <laughs> Have changed? So literally yeah. today, um, today uh, Joe, kind of uh, financial director, um, you know, was putting spreadsheets together and and did a did a pie chart of the sectors we've invested in right since the beginning, <laughs> and it's like it's almost hilariously balanced. It's just, it's literally the pie is <laughs> like by chance is not even fifths? thirds, but like, but you know, yeah. m- 20th, m- 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 20th, okay. like it's basically almost 20th. It's, it's probably like, like chart, it's probably 16th or something, but of, 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 you know, everything like fashion and, and e-commerce and, and everything right. is, is, is pretty much exactly balanced. Again, through blind luck, <laughs> not okay. not through a, not through a concerted effort. But it really kind of brought home that we are really, absolutely spread out over all kinds of sectors. We're not specialized in, in a specific. You know, we're not corner. We're not. We're not trying to be the go-to person
1: for this sector. So now, having that pie chart and yeah. looking at it, yeah, right? will you be like? I need to be more in this. Yeah, or, a little right, bit. And right. for the
2: moment, the kind of for the moment, what we're really interested in looking at more of is um, um, more in fintech and more in edtech. We don't really have anything in edtech, and I'm interested in, in some of that. Um, and actually, uh, you know, one of the recent, I mean, the things I've, I've really been thinking, one of the things I've been thinking about in the last couple of months is really there's you know there's it's a really interesting time for content producers. Thank, speak- thank you. No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, yeah. No, but Those are the requirements a requirement. Yeah, oh,
2: wow. gotta <laughs> <laughs> get, get him <them> the check. <laughs> um, um, no, but because you know, there's so many businesses that are that are appearing, and so many businesses that are becoming well established that are aggregating content, and that's all well and good. But you need content to aggregate. Mm. And, and I think it's just a very good time for those content producers um, to feed, because those aggregated businesses, who, that, some who, who are, which are becoming well-established, need something to, yeah. to, to stand on, right? They need the content. It's do. kind of
0: an old, old um, argument, you know, yeah, they yeah. have the content, and then who's yeah. going to display the content, yeah. and then who has the
2: yeah content. Exactly, <laughs> it goes and it's yeah and yeah, yeah. So,
0: And then what's the content? Is it Game of Thrones, or is
2: it you know... Is it, uh, yeah, a podcast?
0: Yeah, is it a podcast? Hey, I wouldn't say it's the other end.
2: No, I'm just joking. Yeah,
0: but um, what, what do you see, or what do you want to be, like, five years from now do you want like a bigger building where you are or a bigger chunk of capital do you want to stay in the angel game yeah
2: so what i'd like to do so firstly people people have been saying a lot of of Two things. I, f- number one, the building's too small. As in, we've been is full. Is it really? Well, 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 I don't think so. But we have been full <laughs> since the it's beginning. Right. 170 desks. 170 desks. But we've been full since the beginning. Everyone's going well, You know, you could do, you could do more. And the thing is, I'm, I, I'm not in the business of real estate and 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 hiring out desks. So I, it's well, not. You a, are kind of. Well, I am kind of, but it's not a business. Um, it's not a business model like the trumpery or you know, we'll do another one and then if it works, we'll do another one or okay. central working or whatever. It's just a one-off in my mind, right? It's a one-off and it's a it's a kind of. It's tagged on to the side of Playfair Capital. The Playfair is there, kind of under the surface, but it it benefits Playfair in terms of deal flow and and kind of you know added value for portfolio companies and things like that. So, building wise, it's you know it, it's it's going to stay as it is, and not going to do another one. The other thing that people are saying a lot is that we should be raising external capital. That we're now in a position to do so, and I would really like. I, I don't want to raise external capital unless we strictly have to, which at the moment we don't. Um, you know, I don't want to invite a situation of justification, of justifying everything that we do to external investors without that being strictly necessary. Right, because it actually, in my mind, it kind of takes away some of the the, the fluidity of uh, you know of how quickly we can move sure. on things. Increases the red tape. Yeah, increases the red for, tape. Uh, the uh, and um, but your companies
0: will need Series A financing. So
2: they'll need Series A financing, right? right. But that but that's you know that doesn't have to come from us for okay. the moment. For the moment, you know, we have a lot of contacts in the VC, VC industry that are doing Series A, and you know, we need them, and they need us in, in a way like it's kind of a mutually beneficial relationship. Okay. Um, but I would like to. Basically, grow. I would like to become active in Series A, thinking five years down the line, but I would like to do it off of our own back, if that makes any sense. So I'd like to basically not raise external capital, get some exits, grow, play for capitals, fund, but off of its own back and then become operational at a later stage, deploying more capital. Basically.
0: Wow. That's good. I mean, that's a great dream. I mean, sure. it's a, that's, it's a, it's a, that's yeah. what we want. I mean, I, I guess in a way that's what we're saying with these big exits, yes. have your own exits. Yeah. Yes. Have own your
2: own exits. That. And my intention fully is to pump every, uh, any, any penny we make. So you'll be sticking back around. into it. Yeah, absolutely. That's so we'll good. be sticking around for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. I
0: just want to get, get your thoughts on like globally. I mean, you must travel out to the west coast of the U.S. Uh, yeah, I do. You must go to Silicon Valley
2: yeah. and, and uh, yeah.
0: sorry Alley in New York. And yeah. Do you do you see things there that um, that you think they do better or they do worse? We we had um, Steph the hacker in here, and he says he he leaves by example every night. He leaves leaves by, by example. Okay. So every night <laughs> he leaves at six thirty p.m. by example, as in he's okay. not going to be the entrepreneur that's like I stayed up till two a.m. last night. Yeah. Right. And you know okay. he, he you know he said look. You know, I put in my work and then I leave by example, you yeah. know, you know, which is very—it's uh, very un-American.
2: Yeah, it's very un-American. It's very true. Un-American. It is quite European. <laughs> yeah. Um, I yeah. mean, there are there are less less. I mean, again, that's a massive, the sweeping statement. But I mean, in general, I would say, you know, offices are emptier here at 10 p.m. than they are from what I've seen on in the States. yeah, Is that, is that good? Is that bad? Do you see, see some things? I don't that are... necessarily think that's a good thing, actually, okay. personally. I think it would be, you know, it, you know I, it is blood, sweat, and tears being a founder of a company. And and I do admire the companies that I see. There's some companies in Morning Yard that are, you know, that are like the catch an hour of sleep in, in the office between four and five in the morning. If I, from, Spoken yeah. like a true investor. But yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. It's so like you're running sh- a sweatshirt. I have to say, I have to say. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I mean, it, it, some of them, you know, if I was an investor in some of them, uh, which I'm not, but um, if I was, um, I would say, you know, that's kind of a, a positive
1: attribute, right? It really shows. Like kind of there's two sides. Like you're, you're making yeah. decisions with my capital on one hour. Uh, sleep, yeah. One, one hour sleep. Right. right sure. Right, absolutely. absolutely. So the there's most? definitely two sides. Yeah. Um,
2: no, I was, you know, I was in, um, you know, I, um, I was on Sand Hill, Ro- Sand Hill Road this, um, this, uh, summer. Right. Um, because I spend a bit of time on the West Coast and we do a lot of Burning Man as well. That's kind of one of my, that's my other baby. Like if I, if I were to call a start, like that's kind of the camp that we run there is my, my startup. If I had to say I had a startup. Okay. What, what do you run at Burning Man? What's the camp? Uh, it's called Ooligan Alley. Um, so it's, it's called like what, sorry? Ooligan Alley. Um, Uligan Alley. Yeah. And this year I brought, a, I brought a, a plane, so a 727, which we kind of Fantastic. brought from a boneyard in, in LA and designed it like basically a crashed Crashed landing Jeez, DJ cool. booth um, with seats and engine casings st- strewn around. Anyway,
0: how long have you been going to Burning Man? Uh, it's fifth year. Fifth or so year. five years? Oh, with
2: four okay. people, and then nineteen, and then forty-five, and then sixty, and then one hundred and twenty this year. Okay. Uh, were you landing. living in the plane? No, no, we were living around the plane. Okay. Uh, no, it was just a DJ DJ booth. Okay. And is it getting better and better every year? Yeah, for me, for me, for me, yes. For me, it's every year that I've been has been the best year I've been hands down by far. But I guess it's because I I like building stuff. It's my kind of visceral release every year, right? I get to go and do some welding and Mm. you know some carpentry and build some stuff and make some stuff with my hands, which is actually really nice. Yeah. Right. Considering that we just I just basically talk to people and stand behind a computer screen. It's people, good to actually make stuff. People cut, spend sorry. all year on there. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, 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 you know, we, we spend about ten months a year planning, and then actually a couple of weeks beforehand in a workshop. You know, we have about thirty forty tons of stuff that we bring into the desert. It's becoming kind of
1: and is that a completely like there's no cash flow from
2: I mean, that? Back? No, 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 absolutely. So it's just for fun and- yeah. So basically, we have so we have you know say say we had 120 people this year. Everyone paid about three hundred dollars. Right. Give us a budget of about thirty six grand. Okay. Um, which uh, the camp cost probably about fifty and then, you know, four or five of us made up kind of the windfall really. Right. So everyone kinda of gets stuck in um, very much. And it's sure. it's yeah, That's definitely awesome. participative. Uh, anyway. So you, you know the West Coast well. So I know the West Coast. But, but so, I was, on, Road, so, so right. I was on Sand Hill Road and um, and you know, there's this hotel, I don't know what it's called, there's a hotel on Sand Hill Road where all the VCs kind of take meetings. I don't know, I don't know what it is. Oh, no. It's it's exactly it's a quite a funny place where you just walk through this. This is the point in every conversation you're walking by, you, the KPIs. overheards you hear are just KPI here and kind yeah. of, you know, series CPA. A there and whatever. Yeah. CPA here, exactly. Um, and I just, it was my first time kind of properly in that environment. And I don't know. I just, I wasn't particularly jealous or I didn't really, it didn't really make me want to be there. Um it's you know it, it's now kind of established enough that there's a there's a packing order and a hierarchy and kind of uh, politics involved and and which VCs are and, and I just I don't I don't really want to jump in and play that game if, if I don't this have, is this, this is more the Wild West you yeah think. okay it, it, a little bit more right and it's still quite young and it's still you know and and that has disadvantages but it also has advantages for sure in 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 being you know there's fewer barriers to entry for it for me as an angel. Uh, and already it's harder today but as an angel 3 years ago there were no barriers to entry to to become an active angel on paper what did i have i had nothing on paper i had some capital fine but i didn't have i didn't, I didn't have entrepreneurial experience i didn't have you know certain things that you you would you you would need to have certainly in the states to become credible so in angel in the states if i'd shown up with some capital being like hi guys i'm interested in doing some investing i been like okay thank you very much great now there's there's the line right snaking around the corner right everybody else is also interested in doing some investing maybe it's generally a less risk averse mentality um but but you know many more people are angels and many more people are willing to, to even you know, remortgage a house to help out a friend. Or like, it's maybe a stereotype of the American dream, but there's a lot more willingness to, to take these risks. Mm. And so, and so you know, it would take two or three years in the States. It would have taken me two or three years of schmoozing and rubbing shoulders with the right people before I, my capital was accepted by someone credible. Right? Whereas here, the second, in 2010, the second I made a blip on the radar saying, Hi, I'm interested in investing and I've got some capital. You know, everyone floods in, right. and already with EIS and everything, it's it's becoming more difficult. It's becoming there's more capital at, at the early stage, and getting the, those first few investments under your belt, right? Which is how kind of what you have to do to grow as an investor and to become credible is already that much harder, I think. And and that's why I'm always going to leave you know five ten percent of my time for helping new angels, right? Because if nobody had done it for me, I I, I wouldn't be in the position I am today and you know I'm, I'm always you know people people who are like okay I'm interested in this and I'd like to to become an active angel I'm always going to have some time to, to, to try and help them because I think it's fundamentally healthy for the for the community to create experienced angels who know what they're doing um, and that comes as I said before through mentorship. Yeah, it's interesting
0: because we had Bryce Keane here who runs yeah. the Three Beards event here yeah. in London, and True. and we talk about like the the feeling because Colin and I go all the time, and the feeling there is is going down to the pub in England, and you kind of have a conversation, but you talk about this and you talk about that. Yeah. You know, if you went to a, a Silicon Alley networking event in New York, it would be like da, 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 Yeah, yeah, business plan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course, yeah. of course. <laughs> business plan. It's already on your phone. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And yeah. So like, it would be this whole like power thing, and over here, it's you know, it's just I guess. It's hard to describe than British, I guess. It's just a little bit more of a relaxed way of doing things Mm. and more of a, I don't know. And there's something quite nice about it, I must say, you know, even living here. Mm. Um, Then what what it must feel like in New York, let alone San Francisco. I have no idea. But I can understand the scene you're describing.
2: Yeah. I I think, I mean, New York is, is, New York was quite late to the game, really. Yeah. Within the context of the U.S., and I think we have more in common with them, for sure. Um, that's what Bloomberg said recently. That, that is what Bloomberg yeah. said. I saw mayor. that he said that recently, yeah. Yeah, he said, yeah, they're yeah. competing more with
0: London than they are with San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. So, of course, he's out of a job now, but that's another story. <laughs> so, um, you know, we,
1: we always finish... You will some, you me this one. Yeah. Was yeah. <laughs> you he the mayor of Toronto yeah. recently? Oh, oh, yeah. 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 That's
0: yeah.
1: your boy. Yeah. I yeah. thought of you. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. I'm proud to be a uh, you know, Canadian. Canadian.
0: Um, you know, we always kind of round the show up by asking uh, an advice question. So mm-hmm. we're going to hit you with the same question. Right. If, if you could make a phone call to the 20-year-old you and give that young man a bit of advice, what would you tell him?
2: If I could make a phone call to the 20-year-old me. How old are you now? I'm 29. <laughs> oh, <geez. Yeah. laughs> don't Get go old. to Africa. <laughs> or go to Africa sooner. I don't know. What would yeah. you say? What would you tell him? Would, I would say don't be paranoid about... Uh, don't be paranoid about um, what you're doing with your life because things will fall into place um, despite, you know, despite not having any stability for a while and actually it's really healthy to have that instability, right, the the kind of, you know, uh, for years I spent kind of darting around from this job to that and, and kind of never feeling f- fully into it and going, what am I doing? I think it's a sentiment that a lot of young people have of not, something not quite sticking or not feeling quite satisfied or that, you know, f- perhaps losing faith after a few years of going, like, what's, what's, what's really, like, going to motivate You're wasting me? Wasting my like, life. Why yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why am yeah. I... Um, and then, you know, all of a sudden, one day to the next, some catalyst will appear, you know, and then all of a sudden, it won't be work. It'll be, it'll, you know, it's, it'll be your passion. Um, and and that is not time wasted. That's actually time very healthily spent when you're young. I think. Good advice. That's good advice. That's really good advice. Yeah. Oh, on
0: that same note, what's the best advice you've ever received? What's
2: the best advice I've ever received? Um, I'd say I'd say basically, someone told me once that really um, dealing dealing with your enemies only really creates new ones, right? So actually confronting your enemies in a confrontational way is only going to multiply them. <laughs> um, and so actually, you know, I suppose, I don't know, pacifism or diplomacy My father's a diplomat, and I have come to the conclusion, whether I like it or not, that that's very much kind of I'm my father's son in that way. And I think non-confrontation and, and diplomacy is definitely the, one of the kind of fundamental aspects of... of how I operate. And, should, and Nelson
0: Mandela said, he said, you should try not to, he, you should try to defeat your enemies and not dishonor them, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. So you can compete with them, but you don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Now, yeah. were you going to say something?
1: There? yeah, I just, was just gonna burning man <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just, like,
0: <yeah>. um, just <laughs> the last part of that yeah. question is is uh, to the twenty year old that's listening to this podcast, watching us on youtube mm-hmm. um, you know who 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 is enamored by this tech industry you know they, they hear mm-hmm. the headlines and yep. you know and not not even the people that want to be the rock stars, but what advice do you give to them if they want to you know do this someday or grow up and be like you someday
1: um,
2: you know like basically. It's a, and, and again I, I say that I say that to people in a Burning Man camp as well. It's a duocracy, right? You can talk all you want about what you want to do, you can have ambitious plans, but people will follow you if you do it, right? And it's it's a, it, it, this is very much an industry in my mind that kind of operates as a duocracy. You just if you're if you're if you're just if you're just talking about something and trying to get something together, it it's will go. It, it, I mean, doing it will go a much much further right and actually get people behind you and give you support and everything like that so so yeah talking and doing that's a do-ocracy. A duocracy. I didn't know what he meant at
0: first. I thought yeah, it was yeah. like a
2: duo. Last no, time. a duo. The two things. Okay.
0: Yeah. So a duocracy. Okay. And then you know it's it's one last bit of that question that Colin thought up when we had investors on like what advice do you give to other guys who were like you 3 years ago that yeah. like I want to get into be, into the angel investing.
2: Find find somebody who's willing to bring you into a round. Find somebody who's you know, you know, very much like um, I, you know, we were saying before of, of a gut feeling about someone that you invest in. There's also, you know, a gut feeling about someone you invest with. And um, and find somebody who's willing to, who, who operates by those principles. You know, with Passion Capital, they were like, okay, well, we don't know who you are, we really don't know who you are on paper, but, you know, feel like you're an interesting guy, let's see what happens. Give you a chance type thing, come in come in and and you know no you know no uh no harm done if it doesn't work so so basically find find somebody to find somebody's coattails to hang on to find somebody you know just just for a small investment or two um and then and then one thing will lead to another what would you say the
1: minimum amount of capital someone would need to have prepared to invest in startups to be to really go into being an angel investor? Um, so, look, I'd say, I'd say you know, you, you need at least 10 investments, okay. right?
2: Because you know, otherwise the risks involved is, is just unsustainable. So, firstly, before that, you have to have, this, this money has to be losable, right? It can't, it, can't, it can't be money, you know, it can't be money that your quality of life depends on. Right, right, because because then your emotions are going to be totally skewed it. in terms of in terms of your Speaking involvement like with these companies from the yeah. city. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly, <laughs>
2: exactly, what a city trader. Fantastic. So, so it has to be money you can lose. Um, I would say, and and also, you know, to be able to defend your position um, later on and not get diluted into oblivion with at least a couple of companies out of the ten that you're really feeling bullish about. I, you know, I'd I'd say you could do it with a million pounds. Right. In order to have that extra money, to, yeah. In order to have to that extra money win. and that safety net, or that that capacity to maintain your position and not get diluted into oblivion, you know, once PCs come on board.
0: I'm surprised to hear you say ten minimum. You know, I didn't mm. know uh, you would say that number. But I guess what do you for, think I'd say? I don't know. I thought I thought you might say, "Well, I'll start off with three and see how it no, goes." No, no, like from day one, you, you just get yeah. invested. Go yeah. big or go home.
1: Yeah. Like, uh, go, well, spread it, your bets. It it's your betting. Spread sure. your bets. Yeah.
2: Right, and yeah. the risks are the basket. Yeah, right? you don't want to exactly put don't put all your eggs in one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My grandma used to say that. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Um, Colin, did I miss anything? I mean, we, no, to, I think
1: we, it's, uh, we got a lot covered here. Yeah, we got a lot. It's good. Really cool. good. Some some good angles and good advice. Yeah, it's fantastic.
0: Yeah. Um, how do people get in touch with you? Do you want people to get in touch sure. with you?
2: Very happy. Um, um, I'm just fede at playforcapital.com. Okay. And Twitter as well? You, uh, you play I'm Twitter? not very active on Twitter, actually. I've got a Twitter account, but I don't really use it. Okay, I should. I know, but I don't.
0: Now, and then this is the other. We have to ask this to another yeah. uh, angel or investor guy. Do you answer your emails? Yeah. A lot of our former uh, entrepreneur guests. Everyone says
2: they answer their
1: emails, but they don't. But I hear lots that's what of them we don't. hear. You hear lots yeah. of them Word it is that they don't?
2: I'm I'm not the best. I'm, I'm LinkedIn. I'm not very good with. I'm getting better with my emails, but there's a lot coming in. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'd say there's like, between seventy. Two and a 78% chance of that i will answer
1: your email. <laughs> that's pretty specific. You, you have I think your analysis. That's beside the pie chart is yeah. your it's like uh, not,
2: responsiveness. Not, it's like a new startup
0: or you don't look too desperate. You know, yeah. Yeah. little delay, <laughs> yeah. 70%. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I think it's tough for, for entrepreneurs because they sure. often email, uh, like, say, an angel or sure. an investor and they sure. don't get back. And are you not getting back because? You don't like the business plan, or just because you didn't just get the email? Like
2: no, just no. We get the email, just like satur- just drowning. In, right. In, in, so would
1: you want an uh, an entrepreneur to send a follow up email, or just um, forget it? I did. I
2: basically or I show did. Up at your door. I, look honestly, the best chance like you know to ensure to ensure starting a, to, to communicating really is to is that to, to be introduced yeah, it's not sure. rocket science yeah. it's not hard like to find somebody who knows me right if you're in the tech sector and you're doing something and you you know you go to to one silicon drink about or any, or one event you're going to find somebody who knows me right. and who can be who can introduce you sure. and that's actually entirely the best way and uh, i'm sorry like it's it is that way but there is so much Kind of coming in that, you know, you you can't, you can't
1: really, I don't know. And are you actively looking for new investments or are you happy with? uh,
2: Um, We are, we are closing about, we're closing four investments in the next few weeks. Um, So for the moment, I think that's it for us for the rest of this year. But then we're always going to be looking for new investments from January onwards. Cool.
0: Awesome. Okay. Um, Fede, thanks so much for being here. Uh, Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, it was here. really illuminating, really interesting hearing, hearing, hearing what you did to say. Um, we are uh, uh, at Silicon Real on Twitter. If you're listening to us on iTunes, come check us out on YouTube channel Silicon Real. Um, this is episode 20. We've been picked up for our second season by YouTube. Fantastic. You, you happy with that? I mean, third season. Third season. I think so. Third, yeah. third we're, season. We're,
1: we're, we're, um, we're, 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 we're cusping.
0: Yeah, we're always yeah. looking for, for the new story. We're not just looking for the hugely successful um, angel investors. guys. <laughs> yeah. We're also looking no. for the, the, the guys that are just starting. And we're actually still, we want a failure as well. We want yeah. someone who just closed up shop like in the last month or two. Because sure. yeah. we want to hear their stories. You know, We want to get the whole ecosystem. So um, we're really active on Twitter. So send us your suggestions for guests and all that stuff. If you want to get involved in the business side, send us a message as well. We're always looking for people to have new ideas about you know where to take this show so yeah anything else going on help yeah. Mo- Mo- v- out help out Movember for Colin as well yes okay. I will
1: yeah. have a mustache the next <laughs> the yeah. next episode if you don't it's gonna look weird it's <laughs> gonna yes. look like we well, filmed I'll look, these I'll look like yeah <laughs> a long time yeah, exactly. we really
0: do shoot this every week <laughs> exactly yeah. I changed my watch yeah okay go, go awesome on. as we say here at Silicon Real it's about the people um thanks so much for being here I wish you guys all the best cheers thanks all right take care Need to just go, for, you know, go for your gut feeling, and it's exciting. It's scary also, um,
1: so you just need to sort of load that um, racksack and responsibility every day, and just get on with it uh, and try to make a difference. It's um, very, very uh, uh, different, obviously.
0: You know, we've had uh, companies like TransferWise in here, and um, other ones that are trying to challenge the banks. And we talk about the innovator's dilemma. Yeah. And you know, by being in, in a banking company. I-